You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. This is one of these conversations we've been list- we've been looking forward to, Carol. You're so eager. Well, I am You're so like eager. You're like right up in the camera. I know. I'm up right up in the camera. Well, he's a favorite of ours. And, you know, we were reminded that the last time he was in our studio was back at Bloomberg headquarters. It was... The last in-studio interview that we did, I keep saying it was Friday the 13th. It was Friday the March 13th, (laughs) if you will. It was a very thoughtful conversation about kind of how our world was being impacted um, because of the virus. Little did we know. Little did we know. You're so right, Jason. Ken Swig is back with us. He is president of Swig Equities, and he's on the phone from Bridgehampton. And from what I understand, you drove in a little bit so you could get better cell service. So, Kent, thank you so much um, for doing that. Tell us about your world and how you're doing. Well, it's a pleasure to be back. And uh, my world is, uh, I think, like everybody else's a bit. It, it seems more like a science fiction movie than it does a reality. Um, I'm listening to the radio and saying, talking Bloomberg Radio says, oh, the world, the United States economy is about to try to open again. I mean, I can't believe those kind of words are coming out of us. So uh, I, I'm the same as everybody else. You know, I'm sipping, sheltering in place and, and uh, waiting for the world to reopen. And so what's your read on that, Kent? Because, you know, you have interest uh, all over the country, East Coast, West Coast, places in between. You're talking to people uh, all the time. I mean, what's your read on this kind of checkerboard that we seem to have in terms of plans and aspirations to get this all going again? Well, the the first thing I think we want to do is to make sure that everybody is healthy and safe, right? And and the way to do that is through testing, uh, similar to what we talked about last time I was mm-hmm. with you. And so the critical component is is to try to get as many tests of, of our population as possible. Uh, and once we know and have knowledge, then we can start to begin to, to go back into the productive work schedules, um, albeit differently, but uh, we need to find information first. Yeah, you know, one of the things, Kent, that Jason and I have talked a lot about um, because of a Bloomberg story, but it's been in kind of our psyche, uh, if you will, is fear versus greed. Um, There's so much fear, uh, talking to Henry Cornell about, uh, and I think actually the chairman was it of JetBlue, you know, about people are afraid to come back to work. Um, And so you will ultimately initially ask people to come back to work. And until they know it's safe and secure, it's not going to happen. Um, and then at the same time, there's incredible pressure for companies to kind of get back to it uh, in order to survive. Well, let's put it, if you are a greedy person or a greedy company, um, then you're going to do things that would be productive for you in business. And being productive in business means that you have to have people buy your product. You have to have people working for you. And that all means having people did we just lose Kent? I think we – okay. Oh, we just lost Kent for a minute. We're going to try and get yeah. him back. But, um, you know, it's interesting to hear Kent talk about the, the real estate world. Uh, I was just looking at a story uh, earlier, Carol, our friend Tom Barrick. Oh, uh, yes. We've talked to him before you uh, – about a year ago, mm-hmm. I believe, moderated a panel that he had uh, – that he participated in. And Milken talking about real estate. You know, he – told Eric Schatzker earlier today uh, that the real estate market is in chaos. Uh, You've got laws waived on rent and debt. And I mean, this is the lifeblood of this industry, you know, sort of the income and the ability to borrow. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, you know, we are learning each day that goes by if people aren't paying their rent, um, aren't paying um, these, you know, our mortgages, you know, then it starts to work its way through the system because then financial firms that are doing the lending are getting impact, right? It starts to work its way through the system. So you're right. He said we haven't had a crisis like this. Uh, we've never had one where we just have a government um, um, taking a revenue. Uh, is that right? We've never had one where we just have a government taking of revenue. Um, let's go back to Kent Swig, president of Swig Equities, uh, once again with us from Bridgehampton. Hey, Kent, I'm glad you we were able to get Hi. you back. You were you were talking about if you're a greedy person, and I'm assuming you know, um, you know, you're gonna you're gonna maybe do things you shouldn't do. Yeah, well, I'm saying even the greed you know, has the same motivations as everybody else is that they want an economy to be back, they want people to buy their product, and they want their workers to be working. So there are some that have a more narrow focus, some have a little bit broader focus, but nonetheless, it's the same goals in mind. So that it, it doesn't work if we open up too soon and have to close back. That's going to do more damage. So I would say that greed doesn't play a role here as much as it is as, as looking at a broad perspective and, yeah. and, and a proper perspective. So, Kent, in, in our little interregnum there, where we were, when we were getting you back, I was reading our listeners mm-hmm. some comments that Tom Barrick made, well-known figure to you, I'm sure, yep. Uh, yep. colleague there in the uh, in the real estate industry. And, and he was, you know, sort of weighing in, as I would love for you to weigh in, on sort of this notion of rent forbearance and, you know, essentially landlords saying, nope, you know, just, just get me when you can or defer or whatever that is. How is that working? And what's the right mix and balance there in your estimation? Well, so let's take the government factor out for one moment and let's take a look at private enterprise um so i'm a building owner on one of my companies right um my family has properties i have properties and you know people laugh at me my colleagues sometimes say but basically i'm a tenant service provider yeah i am owning buildings are meaningless it's the people inside them that count and those people are rent paying people so if they can't pay rent we're nowhere um at the same time if these companies don't have money to pay rent and go out of business, then you're really nowhere. Right. So, unfortunately, you know, our, our, our debt service, our utilities, our real estate taxes need to be paid, and we get that from rent. But if, if So we have to have a balance here. So forgetting the government for a moment, we have to work with our tenants in some way, shape, or form to make sure that they have viable companies because if they all go out, we're left with big, huge buildings that are empty and, and meaningless. Um, so you know, there is a balance there that we have to allow tenants to be able to get on their feet in some way. So one of the questions first people ask is, you know, have you applied for any government grants? Have you have you received anything? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, then you know what kind of shape they're in and what yeah. they can do, and you have to work with them. Um, but it's going to be a difficult it was April. It's going on, and May is probably yeah. going to be worse because there are All fewer right. people. You know, May is going to be the worst. Hold that thought. We're going to continue this conversation in just a minute. Kent Swig is with us, president of Swig Equities, joining us on the phone. A lot more to talk about when it comes to real estate. Also, want to talk to him a lot because about yeah. New York City because yeah. it, it's a city he knows really, really well, and I do feel like. No one would disagree with the idea that at least in the short term, this city is going to be fundamentally changed, maybe more than the short term. So I want to pose that question to him. Right. And really, right. But, you know, what life is like and and we do come back. So we'll get his thoughts on that in just a moment. We're going to continue our conversation now with Kent Swig, president of Swig Equities, joining us on the phone from Long Island. So, Kent, uh, 
you spent a lot of time in New York City. That's where we last saw you, as we mentioned at the top of the conversation uh, there in Midtown. How does New York change out of this? Well, one thing that New Yorkers are, if anything, is resilient. So um, y- 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 we look back at the pandemic that existed in 1918, you know, where mm-hmm. 65, million, 65 million people passed away. I mean, I mean, unbelievable amount. And then you look at what happened in America in the 1920s. Right. You know, people were back. They were dancing. They were out. So uh, this is a horrendous, terrible thing. No doubt. At the same time, we've got, you know, much more better, you know, much better science, much more technology. And I think that we'll end up with a a vaccine of sorts, at least, um, and and a way to stabilize ourselves. And people will be back and they will be going out. But it will take a moment, Um, unlike other situations we've been in where people you know the the situation ended and then people started going back into their regular routines this isn't going to have a a, you know a fine line that it ends this is going to be a a longer period of time where it's a slow comeback but we will be back and new york is a very strong place and it's a capital city of the world um and and it's a painful process but but we'll be better for it and we'll be better prepared for it how will we be better for it well one thing is this. We, if you look at the federal government, you know, the, the basic element of the federal government is to protect the life, liberty, and health and safety of Americans, right? And we look at this with four branches of the military. I think, frankly, what has happened in this administration is that we failed to look at the fifth branch of our secure system, which is the CDC, mm-hmm. the Center of Disease Control. Um, the administration currently took the head person off of the um, National Security Council. We've cut back 18%, 16% over the past two years, respectively, um, from the CDC, and that just can't happen. So where will we be better for is that Americans will demand that the CDC and other organizations are a functioning major part of our civil defense and our national defense, and we will protect ourselves. You know, we're, we're storing nuclear weapons, Lord forbid. We never want to use them. We need to store ventilators that we hopefully never will need, but we, that doesn't mean we don't have them. So we have, we've caught ourselves unprepared for something like this because we let, we, did, we let it go and we didn't think about it. And it's a major leg of our defense. And I think we will be better for it for the future generations because we will understand that and we'll take the necessary precautions to never let this happen again. So never, I... unprepa- unpreparedness never happen again. Yeah. No. So... Ken, how does this change you as a business person? How does it change you as an investor, as someone who is, you know, you are ultimately, as you said uh, earlier in the conversation, you know, your business is all about people, giving people places to be and to live and, and to work. Uh, how does it change the choices that you make in the short and the midterm? Well, the, the short term is the safety and health of our workers and, and, and trying to get our companies to be you know, safe, secure, so we can continue to employ all the people that we do. Um, our businesses are going to change. We're in you know, both residential and commercial. The way we live and work is going to change. The way we work is going to change. Um, we, you know, if, if, if buildings were cleaning once a week, pardon me, once a day, you know, there are lobbies and elevators, et cetera. It's now going to be an hourly cleaning, if not more. Um, the, the, there's going to be a whole new way of looking at things. Uh, in 1987 in Manhattan, there was roughly 300 square feet per person in an office building. Um, today, you know, it dropped down to about 180 square feet because we were able to have more open landscaping, pack people in more dense communities, et cetera. That's going to change back the other way. So um, the other thing is that people will find that, Possibly, you know, 
you could, you don't have to go to work five days a week. You can work two days from home, maybe. Um, so there will be a different way of structuring our job market. Uh, it's going to have a whole new view. Smaller kitchens in Manhattan may not be the idea anymore because people may need to have a larger kitchen and be able to want to cook and stay in. So I think it's going to have a lot of ramifications of the way we are. But our, our ability to to go after life and live life and want all these great things, I don't think is going to be diminished. I think it's going to be just refocused a little while. And so I do wonder, you know, this notion of, especially from a residential perspective, Kent, whether, and I say this sitting and talking to you in the suburbs, do we change the way we think about cities and suburbs? You know, the, for sure, we're going to be looking at that, of course. Um, but again, I, I think that if, look, we all went through 9-11, which was a horrendous thing. Yeah. And, and people were nervous about New York City and, and, and living here in this. But what we relied on was our national government to take action and protect us. I think what the biggest problem right now is that our national government, in my opinion, failed. Mm. And that failure is what makes people more nervous and more, more susceptible to wanting for change. So that is going to be changed back because the population is not going to tolerate that kind of thing anymore, nor should they. And we're going to have in-place mechanisms. I don't know all of them, but certainly we're going to have in-place mechanism, new protocols of how we conduct ourselves and how we live, and, and we're going to have backup, and we're going to have ways to be able to, to, to you know, Lord forbid another kind of virus hits like this, ways to be able to, uh, to fight it. Um, and that's what hasn't happened. I think that with the, la- the, the fact that we were caught off guard and that we're not prepared and we weren't getting a steady, consistent message coming out of Washington, D.C., that makes people reevaluate things. So I, I think they will. But ultimately, yeah. New Yorkers are – it's a very exciting, wonderful place to be, and I think it will continue to be that way. Well, we look forward to seeing you in person again, uh, a bookend of sorts. Nice to catch up with you in the interim. But uh, next time in the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio, we hope, or who knows, maybe over a drink would be better. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. Kent Swig, president of Swig Equities on the phone from Long Island. Always appreciate his time and his uh, thoughtful insights.